and hope for the best. The problem with this position is that once the inevitable pain comes, it is too late to consider how we will allow ourselves to be shaped by it. If we fail to thoroughly anticipate how we will respond to the harm of living in a fallen world, the pain may be for naught. It will either numb or destroy us rather than refine and even bless us. Suffering need not destroy the heart. It has the potential to lead to life. But very few people I know suffer deeply and profit. Instead, pain is seldom expected nor embraced when it comes. It is often denied or swept under the spiritual rug of God's sovereignty. The Apostle Paul tells us that as we groan inwardly, we wait eagerly for our final redemption. But few of us enter the tragedy of living in a fallen world and simultaneously struggle with God until our heart bleeds with hope. We either give in to the pain with a hopeless cynicism or we settle for an artificial resolution that insists that things really aren't too bad and we need not muck around in the negatives of life. God's perspective on suffering is very different. He invites us on a healing journey through the valleys and over the cliffs of an evil world, but we often miss out on his redemptive path. Too many of us suffer for naught. For the past 15 years, I've spent countless hours with men and women who have suffered the ravages of childhood sexual abuse. In 1988, my book, The Wounded Heart, detailed the harm such abuse wreaks upon the soul and how it eats at the core of what makes us human beings in God's image, and that is our capacity for faith, hope, and love. A decade later, sexual abuse continues to ravage lives, even in a culture that has spent unprecedented time and energy talking about the subject. Cast the net even wider, and it becomes clear that many of us are carrying deep hurts simply because Human beings inflict harm on each other, whether intentionally or unintentionally, provoked or unprovoked. Ten years and far more reflection on these issues have made clear to me what the evil in this world is doing to harm all of our hearts and darken our love for God and others. No matter how we have acquired our wounds, we all need the good news of the healing power of redemption. Evil meant our suffering for our destruction, but God meant it for our good. Healing in this life is not the resolution of our past. It is the use of our past to draw us into deeper relationship with God and His purposes for our lives. We need a new understanding of how to deal with past hurts, one that acknowledges the damage to the human spirit while charting a path toward the abundant life God promises. We hate suffering. Of course we do. At the first sign of a headache, we grab aspirin. At the first hint of tension with a friend, we try to patch things up. Or if addressing the tension causes more conflict, then we're apt to get busy with other activities. We are escape artists. Obviously, if pain has a clear cause and a remediable solution, there's no point in suffering for suffering's sake. But most pain cannot be erased by the simple decision to pick up a bottle of aspirin. We are called then to address it. And as followers of Christ, we are to consider the path of suffering as a sacred journey. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. The way we approach suffering is usually determined by our basic attitude toward the struggles of this life. Many of us believe that God's commitment is to help us avoid or triumph over adversity. We are more than conquerors, and we are. But that biblical belief can be cheapened to presume there's a way to completely eradicate our pain if we just find the right combination of prayer and action. If an illness does not succumb to medical care, then prayer, anointing with oil, and a deliverance service might do the trick. The bottom line assumption is that pain ought to be relieved. 
If it isn't, then we tend to believe we're doing something wrong. After all, there has to be a cure if we are more than conquerors. But pain plays an important role in the physical, spiritual, and relational realm. One of the most widely read modern-day allegories is Hannah Horan's Hind's Feet on High Places. In this parable, God calls much afraid to make a journey to the high country with two companions, suffering and sorrow, who will help her on her sojourn. Stunned that God would call her to travel with such unattractive friends, she pleads with the shepherd, I can't go with them, she gasped. I can't, I can't. Oh, my shepherd, why do you do this to me? How can I travel in their company? It is more than I can bear. You tell me that the mountain way itself is so steep and difficult that I cannot climb it alone. Then why, oh, why must you make sorrow and suffering my companions? Couldn't you have given me joy and peace to go with me, to strengthen me and encourage me and help me on this difficult way? I never thought you would...